Yo, this is Axel Rose of Guns N' Roses. Hey, this is Carmen Electra. Hi, this is Daryl Strawberry. What up, though? This is Big Snoop Deal Double G. Hi, this is John Stallard. Hey, yo, Hulk Hogan here. What's up? This is Beyonce. I got a great show lined up for y'all. Hey, yo, yo, yo. Let's get this party started. The Sports Beat. You know what? Let's keep it hot. The Sports Beat is off the chain, man. Ah, yeah. The Sports Beat. Download the podcast now. You're listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. Welcome to another episode of The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing on this Thursday, June the 16th, 2022, episode 397. Just a reminder that we are broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM, The Key. And we are brought to you by Ivy Park Sports Bar Grill, Go Jump and Slide Inflatables, and Backwoods Barbecue. And on the show today is Columbus Lions play-by-play announcer Jared Dillard. We are going to talk about that big win over Carolina. And we are going to preview... Friday night's game against the Jacksonville Sharks. It's going to be a great time at the Columbus Civic Center. We do have some sports to talk before Jared gets on the show. The Atlanta Braves have won 14 straight games. Yes, they have won 14. You know, they take on the Cubs for a three-game series, and then they will play the San Francisco Giants for a four-game series. I'm definitely going to preview that one. Anytime I can talk about the Giants on a Georgia-based podcast, I am all for it. You got Game 6 tonight in Boston. The Golden State Warriors are up 3-2 to against the Celtics. And what a game in the Stanley Cup Finals last night. Game 1 goes to the Colorado Avalanche 4-3 to in overtime. But let's talk about the Chattahoots. They have won two straight on the road. They defeat the Gwinnett Astros 5-4. They are currently 4-4 four and four on the season, and they will get ready to take on the Waleska Wild Thanes for a two-game series starting Friday night at Historic Golden Park. Bear with me. I know that the weather is in the mid-90s, but it is nothing greater than having to go see a baseball game. I know that the weather is terrible, but they got shade. And the first pitch is at 7.05. It will cool down later in the evenings. Luckily, we've had rain the last couple of days to kind of cool things down. It has just been a scorcher down here in Georgia. And I just hope that everybody stays safe and they take care of themselves. So I'm just going to give you a preview of what is going on for next week as I will be going back to three days a week. As I have a special guest on the show next week, you're in for a real treat. Because I'm going to talk to the Georgia Vipers Lady Venom co-owner, Angela Daniels Culliver, as she is going to talk everything about these semi-pro basketball teams that play basketball in Columbus. Now, many of you probably don't know about this, Or you're probably not familiar with the Pro Basketball Association and the Ladies Pro Basketball Association. It is a big deal. They are broadcasted on YouTube and their games are very popular. They have teams in the league, including the Dothan Snipers and the Chattanooga Spades. So you have local teams. You have different divisions all over the country. And Angela's going to just get on the show and just talk about the league and talk about these two teams 
that play in the Fountain City. And so it is going to be exciting. I cannot wait for her to be on the show next week. Got some upcoming events coming up around the Fountain City. Don't forget that June the 24th at the Lakewood Golf Course in Phoenix City is the four-man scramble to support Russell County High football. And the teams are filling up. It is $400 for a foursome. So that is $100 per person. It includes a golf cart rental, 18 rounds of competitive golf, and lunch. You know, space is limited, so sign up today if you can. June the 25th is Isaiah Crowell's 6th Annual Football Camp. That is going to be free to the public. Isaiah Crowell is a legend in the state of Georgia. Went to Carver and was a five-star running back that was recruited by Georgia. Won SEC Freshman of the Year in 2011. Went on to play in the NFL for the Cleveland Browns and the New York Jets. So come on out to Isaiah Crowell's football camp. It's sponsored by Sports Visions, PMB Broadcasting, and the Columbus Lions. If you are a concert goer, I know I am. It's kind of my music. Sweetland Amphitheater, July the 3rd. George Clinton and the Parliament Funkadelic are going to invade LaGrange. Come on out to that. That is going to be exciting. That's definitely my type of music. Loved some George Clinton. Loved some of that funk. And that's really how the evolution of hip-hop started with uh, sampling some of those beats. And I really don't talk about kickball that much on this show. But they got a kickball league coming up in Columbus. The season starts July the 14th and it goes all the way to August the 26th. It is $70 per person just to sign up. Uh, I could actually be a kickball star. I have a pretty good leg and I play baseball. I want to do it. I just, I got some uh, obligations. I got some training that I got to do for work. But I'm going to promote that league. I'm going to talk about it. I know that, you know, adults my age can actually relive their glory days by playing in this kickball league. Uh, That would be fun. And in the month of July, we have all of our clinics and adult and kids tournaments for the Columbus Rapids. You know, the season is going to approach us very soon. They're going to start the National Indoor Soccer League season a little bit earlier this year. It's looking like it's going to start in November. I'm going to have to get some more Columbus Rapids on the podcast and uh, start a couple of episodes for Columbus Rapids Weekly. Would like to get an off-season edition of that podcast before the season starts. You got the U.S. Open going on today as the first round. How different is it going to look without the LIV players? You got the College World Series going on this weekend as well. Auburn is taking on Ole Miss to start things off, taking on their SEC West rival. As it is the summer months, and I just go back to three days a week just for June and July, and I'm going to take some vacations. I'm just going to go back to three days a week. So just looking ahead on the calendar, starting August the 1st, I will go back to five days a week. Yeah, that's pretty convenient that August 1st is actually on a Monday. I'm not sure when the kids go back to school. But I do know that Russell County's Jamboree is on the 19th. I'll probably be working that game. And then August 26th, they will take on Harris County for their home opener. And that is always going to be exciting. I cannot wait to get up in the booth and call that game once again. 
All right, I think it is time to bring Jared Dillard on the show. So don't go anywhere when we come back. I'm going to have Jared Dillard, the voice of the Columbus Lions, as we have got a big game this Friday night against the Jacksonville Sharks. Columbus coming into this game 3-3 three and three on the season after a huge win over the Carolina Cobras, 55-28. to 28. A little disappointed I didn't get my free crazy bread at Little Caesars. I actually went to Little Caesars on Monday. First of all, the game was on Friday. You can only get your free crazy bread on Saturday because the Lions scored more than 50 points. But you got to have a ticket stub. Oh, yeah, exactly. All right, back with Jared. Yet another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. And on the show today, I have the Lions play-by-play announcer, Jared Dillard. We are just ecstatic about the huge win over the Carolina Cobras Friday night. You know, the talk around the league, Jared, is that that was the biggest upset all year in the National Arena League. How excited were you that the Lions got the win over Carolina 55-28? to it was exciting. At the same time, it was, I don't think it was unexpected because there was always that thought process. We knew how good the Lions defense was going into the game. We knew they were the best, if not the best team defensively in the NAL. It was just the wild card was quarterback was going on with the offense. And so here at the Lions sign a new quarterback, trot him out there, and he goes out there and balls out, I think that was the biggest surprise out of anything in that game. So give a shout-out to Daniel Smith, who uh, threw for 116 yards and four touchdowns in his debut for the Columbus Lions. And Kerry Starks, four sacks in that game. He wins Defensive Player of the Week for the National Arena League. Carolina, they came in. They were 6-1. and one. They were the best team coming into that game. All the eyes were on that game because it was the only game Friday night. Mm -hmm. The Lions just did not let up. They knew how good Carolina was. They knew that Jonathan Bain was an MVP candidate. And the Lions game plan was to shut Bain down and his wide receivers. But I think the turning point, I don't think it was the scoop and score by Kerry Starks. I mean, that was huge. I think the turning point in that game was Darren Townsend's pick six with no time left on the clock in the first half to decide to just take it out of the end zone. He was untouched, and that made the score 33-20. to 20. Of course, he converts on the two-point conversion, and the Lions are now up 35-20 to 20 at the half, getting the ball to start the second half. I know that they did not want to let up because Carolina is a very talented team, but that was a huge turning point because it was a very close game in that first half. It was, and you're right. That was the, the turning point. Or for Carolina Cobra fans, that was the breaking point. That was the, oh my goodness, what else can go wrong in this game? And the moment the Lions went up 35-20, to 20, and keep in mind, even, even if the Lions don't get that, give a shout-out to the Lions' defense because, once again, they go in the house, they make their halftime adjustments, come out, and they only allow eight points in the second half. Kind of carbon copy, almost the same thing they did the week prior, 
against the Orlando Predators. So one thing that we've seen a pattern about is not only does Lions defense good, they go make their halftime adjustments, and they're even deadlier in the second half. And the Lions played a flawless first half, no penalties. Daniel Smith was brilliant. He didn't make the big mistake. You know, he didn't have to really do much because the Lions defense were so good that they gave the Lions offense good field position. Daniel Smith could just do his short throws and uh, just to manage the game. But he had a breakaway when he spun around. You remember when I thought he was going to get sacked, then he spun around and then got to a wide open Desmond Reese. That was a very cool play. Yeah. And that's just one of those things where he just pulls a, a trick out of his bag and it's like, well, what else can this guy not do? I mean, I've only seen him play for the last hour and a half and he's going out there pulling off plays like that. So really exciting to see what he does, not only with, you know, another week of practice under his belt and getting to know the offense, but there will come a time where the Lions will be in a dogfight with the team and he has to put the team on his back. What kind of leader will he develop into uh, when they need him the most? Oh, he was amazing. That was probably the best debut I've ever seen from a player in his first start in the National Arena League. And I cannot wait this Friday night against the Jacksonville Sharks. I guess we could call it the rubber match, the third and final time that the Lions will take on the Sharks in the regular season. You know, Jared, we have home games in back-to-back weeks. Uh, What a great opportunity just to spend your Friday night watching some football. Yeah, it's one of the very few back-to-backs that we have. And uh, I'm excited. The Jacksonville-Columbus game is always a fun time. The fans are back in it. They, they always show up for the Jacksonville game. And to be quite honest, I mean, if you're talking about two of the – I would say you're talking about the hottest team in NAL, it's definitely going to be the Jacksonville Sharks. Absolutely. And if, take, if you take the – who is the second hottest team? Well, it's probably not the Predators. They just lost last week. Albany's lost two in a row now. Carolina – got shut down on the road. I mean, San Antonio, hey, shout out to the Gunslingers for their first win of the season. You got to think that the, the Lions may be the most interesting team coming into this week, especially that Lions-Sharks game is a battle for third place. The Lions could even probably see themselves shooting for that second spot afterwards with the Empire losing two in a row. Oh, I can't believe Albany, They and now also they play Carolina this week, but San Antonio beating Albany on Saturday Robert Kitt winning Offensive Player of the Week for the National Arena League. You know, Jared, I actually thought that the Lions were going to have a clean sweep. Congratulations to Robert Kitt. I mean, we could have had anybody on the Lions that would have won Offensive Player of the Week. We also had Darren Townsend win Special Teams Player of the Week with that just amazing kickoff return. And I just think that the Lions are going to build off this momentum against Jacksonville. It's a huge game for both teams. Jacksonville coming in hot, 4-4 four and four on the season. They have not had their buy yet. That's why they played two more games than the Lions. Columbus comes in at three and three. They're pretty much in a virtual tie because they're both at 500. And so the winner of that game is going to position themselves to have just a better chance at making the playoff. Buckle up. I think it's going to be a great rest of the season. We're almost at the halfway point. And Jared, we have uh, on the broadcast team, we have three more games to go. I'm excited about this game Friday night. Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a fun game on Friday night. And just from a, from a league perspective, you got on Friday night, you'll have in the standings 3v4 and 5v6 playing. And then on Saturday, you'll have the top two teams in the league uh, fighting uh, for that top spot. 
and I say five for that top spot. Carolina at six and two, Albany at four and three. So if if Albany can't figure out what's going on here, they could drop to five hundred, and the, the Lions haven't beaten the Empire. So I guess if the Empire go to four and four, the Lions are four and three. I guess the Lions take over the second spot, even with the loss to Albany. I think. I think that the shakeup of the league has just been the story so far. Of course, a big shout out to the podcast that uh, I listen to, Inside the Walls. And uh, they do a great job with that. They have published like an episode almost every day. And it's just a great informative podcast just to learn about the league. And, and that's where I get my information. Do you listen to that podcast? I haven't had a chance to listen to it. I'm more of a, I'm going to go watch film and see what these announcers say because they're going to have insight and interviews that they do with coaches throughout the week that I can take in and put into the broadcast. Jacksonville on a three-game winning streak. They inserted a new quarterback. Malik Henry's no longer the quarterback. Arvell Nelson in at quarterback. They still have one of the best receivers in the league with Devin Wilson. This is a different Jacksonville team, and this is going to be the first time they're going to see Arville Nelson. This is going to be the first time that Jacksonville is going to see Daniel Smith. So what are you looking forward to this Friday night against Jacksonville? I think it's just going to be taking somebody like Nelson, who has a couple of games under his belt, but he hasn't seen the Lions defense. They see all the tape on him, uh, on the Lions defense. They can prepare for it as much as they can. But he's going to go in there, and the Lions are going to try to do what Coach Gibson wants them to do, which is – They want to confuse the quarterback and throw a bunch of different schemes and try to get after him on the defensive line. We've seen Starks. Starks now leads the league in sacks. He has six. He leads the league in that. So he's very dangerous from his position. Also, on top of that, keep in mind that in the last game against the Predators, the Sharks, their quarterback, Nelson, he did throw three interceptions. So he is prone to throwing interceptions if you can get at him and, and rattle him a little bit. So maybe even expect the Lions defense to come up with a couple big interceptions as well as the special teams play continuing to move along with Townsend. Now, Jarmont Fortson did not play that much in the game against Carolina, but he should be good to go. I talked to Coach Gibson yesterday. I know that they want to get as much firepower on offense, some more weapons for Daniel Smith. And of course, Jarmont is... Just a very good DB as well. Hopefully, we will call uh, Rodney Hall's number a lot. I know we didn't mention him a lot on the broadcast against Carolina, probably because Jonathan Bain didn't throw his way. DeAndre Brown stepping up on the D-line as well. Yeah, it, it's, it's been a combination. I mean, big Ken Washington on defensive line. DeAndre Brown, we talked about on the broadcast. He He's a 6'7 wide receiver playing DN. So if you are a right-handed quarterback, and he's lining up as, you know, the left defensive end, and you're going to roll right to try to find somebody to throw it to, not only you got to try to find your guy that's open, but you got to get around the outstretched arm of DeAndre Brown, which I can't imagine trying to throw around that. Starks, you always got to watch it for him because he'll come through the line, he'll sack you. And then, I mean, there's so many good DBs the Lions have. You have Rodney Hall, who led up to players last week just absolute hit sticks uh during the game you have Rodney Hall Maurice Leggett on his way back and you know Townsend's out there too on the defensive side of the ball with his pick six so there's three really good DBs back there for the Columbus Lions I mean there there are playmakers literally everywhere on that defense and year in and year out 
it's always been the Lions have the best defense. They had it last year. They have it this year. Now they got to put it all together with the offense, and they can do that. They will find themselves in the NAL championship game again. Looking at the Week Nine games, we have a doubleheader on Friday as we are taking on the Jacksonville Sharks at the Columbus Civic Center. The San Antonio Gunslingers traveling to Orlando to take on the Orlando Predators. They did pick up their first victory last week over Albany. Orlando dropped to Jacksonville. They're three and four, and then we have the matchup between the number one and number two team right now in the standings in the National Arena League on Saturday night. A couple of weeks ago, it seemed like the league was separating itself between each other. You had Carolina and Albany kind of up in that top tier and everybody else kind of scruffling at the bottom. And now it's interesting because you have, you know, the Predators and Gunslingers. And the Gunslingers have their one win, but they're definitely getting better each and every week. And then the Predators who had a good stretch, but now they, they've dropped a couple of games. So it looks like the Predators have won two of the last three, but losing that last one to Jacksonville really hurt them, kind of dropped into fifth place. So on the outside looking in of that of that playoff race, uh, Columbus and Jacksonville, I mean, obviously Jacksonville, but had three straight wins after their really tough start. Remember, Jacksonville started 0-3, and, and people were wondering what is going on with this team. Yeah. They, they finally found their footing, and they're looking like the Jacksonville Sharks of old. Uh, at 4-4, four and four, they've played eight games. They haven't really had a bye week. I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure they're tired. They, they are definitely looking forward to a bye week, but they got a couple more games uh, under their belt before they can get a, a break. And then you have Albany and Carolina, two teams that really are trying to find their identity right now, especially Albany losing two in a row and that tough loss to the Gunslingers. Which, I mean, look, out of those five teams, you did not want to be one of the teams that gave the Gunslingers their first official win at the franchise. And for Albany, I mean, they got to pick up the pieces and kind of figure out what happened during that game. And Carolina just shells chalked after coming to the Columbus Civic Center and then just couldn't do anything with the football on the offensive side. But I do think if there's any team that has uncertainty at quarterback, it's been Columbus. No, 100%. If If there was a team that we're wondering about what they're going to pull out next on the offensive side of the ball. It was definitely, it was definitely, definitely, definitely Columbus. But thankfully for the Lions, it looks like for now, they've kind of found a little bit of a spark. Now, I, I don't want to get ahead of myself, right? It's been one game. What's going to happen, you know, three or four weeks down the road? That, that, that is a different question. But definitely a very good first showing. And having more time with the offense and understanding uh, what the Lions are looking for out of him. I mean, Daniel Smith can only get better from here on out, right? Absolutely. But how important is it that Daniel Smith's former teammate, Darian Townsend, was in the lineup with him? I think it helps out a lot. I think it's always helpful when you have somebody in an environment that you know. Remember, Daniel Smith was at West Texas last year. He started pretty much this spring over in South Dakota, uh, over another league, and now he's come to Columbus. So this man has been almost across the whole country. So when you show up in a place like Columbus, right, having familiar faces that you know that you have a relationship with, that helps out a lot. So having Darian Townsend, even if it's just one friendly face, I think it helps out a lot, especially with Darian Townsend being one of the main focal points in the offense. I, I think – you, you get comfortable. You know what he's going to run. You you know uh, how 
he approaches the offense and how he approaches practice. I, I think it just helps, you know, getting more comfortable uh, in the system. I think one of the most bizarre things that I saw in the last week that I wanted to point out was I believe now that the stats are not up there for the Albany San Antonio game, Warren Smith in a quarterback for the empire. As I just happened to see, they, they go over to Castronova on the sideline with his helmet off at around two seventeen in the broadcast. And uh, Smith is in the game and Albany is down 38 to 18 at this point. Uh, with Smith in the game. So that's interesting to see what Albany's going to pull out against the Cobras. I mean, Castronova, let's say he went back in at the end of the game. Practice this week, who looked better? Was it Smith? Was it Castronova? All right. Well, looking ahead after the Jacksonville game, the Lions have a very tough road trip. Well, first of all, they play the Albany Empire up in Albany, New York, Sunday night, June the 26th. They have a couple of extra days to prepare for that game. Remember the week nine game is on a friday night and so week 10's game will be on a sunday you get a rare sunday against the albany empire but after that they have got to travel to carolina on a short week to take on the carolina cobras and i know the cobra is going to look for some payback after losing to columbus at the civic center i talked to coach gibson last night and you know his team really is not thinking about that road trip they're just thinking about jacksonville on friday night but that is going to be a challenge mentally preparing yourself to practice just your traveling habits and flying to Albany because they are going to fly. They're not going to bus. I'm wondering if they're going to come back to Columbus or if they're going to go straight to Carolina since they have a short week. Yeah, I mean, that's one of the things that's going to be tough with a shortened week. You're not going to have much practice, especially if guys get banged up in the Albany game. They're not going to have a lot of time to prepare and rest. This was definitely always going to be the toughest part. We've entered it. Jacksonville, Albany, Carolina, week 9 through 11 was always going to be the toughest part of the schedule, especially with two of the three games being on the road. So the most crucial part of the schedule starts now for the Lions, but they got to be riding on a high because, you know, they knock off the number one team at home. They get to stay at home, play their rival. They'll be amped up for that big old rubber match against the Sharks. They go on the road, and there's definitely a chip on the shoulder of the Columbus Lions because they have played the Empire too many times without getting a win. I think it's, what, up to four? They're 0-4 against the Empire all time now? Yes. They they want that, that win will just be a huge momentum booster for this team because they, they just got to get the monkey off the back that's called the Empire. And they have the Empire in the perfect position. They could be talking about an, we could talk about a Columbus Lions team that's won two straight games against the Cobras and the Sharks, two-game winning streak, playing an Albany Empire team that could be walking in the MVP arena with three straight losses and completely reeling if they don't find a way to take down the Cobras or figure out the quarterback position. You know, the afternoon start does help them that they could travel a little bit later Sunday mm-hmm. night. They could leave directly from Albany Sunday night and uh, possibly get back to Columbus either Sunday night or Monday morning and, and focus on, yeah, looking at the schedule, I, I realize, yeah, they do play on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, and it, it's one of those odd games. I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure how many Sunday games there are in general. Um, there was one in week five, another one in week four. So there haven't been many Sunday games. This, this is one of, it looks like, three Sunday games. Okay. Um, 
And on top of that, I believe it's the earliest, 2 o'clock. It's the earliest Sunday game on the whole schedule. The other one was at 5, and the other one was at 3. So this is definitely a odd one that's on the schedule for any team. Well, one of the Sunday games was actually uh, delayed because there was some inclement weather on Saturday, mm-hmm. and so they had to move it. to. Yeah, the, the weather was so bad. I mean, they play in an arena that they had to move it to Sunday. I believe that was the the Jacksonville-Albany uh, game uh, where Albany was able to take advantage of uh, just uh, the travel from uh, Jacksonville. So, yeah, Albany, they beat the Jacksonville Sharks 62-29 to on Sunday, May the 22nd. That was supposed to be a Saturday game, but Albany had a short week, and they actually took advantage and beat the Lions 39-31 to on Memorial Day weekend. May the 28th, but it's been a very incredible season. I am just blessed to be a part of it. You know, Jared, before we go, I want to give a big shout out to your alma mater, the Auburn Tigers, making it to the College World Series. Congratulations. You know, I didn't watch the last inning and a half because my my poor heart nor my uh, work-assisted health insurance could probably take it from a heart attack. Um, so, uh, congrats to Auburn Tigers. That's what their second trip to Omaha and third in, in three attempts in, in, in the last four years with one year being out due to COVID. So it'll be fun. We'll have the Lions game on Friday night and then Saturday night, 24 hours later, I'll get to watch the Auburn Tigers play the Rebels of Ole Miss. I'm glad that we have, what, what two straight road games, uh, after this one, because, if Auburn breaks my heart uh, on Saturday, I may have to rest up for a couple of weeks. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I know. And then, you know, Auburn has had a pretty good run in the last couple of years. You know, their basketball team making it to the Final Four and uh, their baseball team going to the College World Series in 19. And they were able to knock off one of the best teams in college baseball, the Oregon State Beavers. So good luck to Auburn. You know, they're considered a local team here in Columbus and they're definitely local to you and, of course, your alma mater. Yeah, I mean, I, I just I, I just don't want to be hurt by them again. It, it's tough. It, 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 it's sometimes really tough watching Auburn sports. Oh, yeah, I, I definitely. Anyway, before we close, I'm really looking forward to this game Friday. Uh, I think it's just going to be great. Hopefully the Lions can get the win against their longtime rival, the Jacksonville Sharks. The Sharks still have the lead in the season series. Remember, this was the most dominant team in the National Real League, winning championships in 2017 and 2019. Of course, you've been the play-by-play announcer since 2019, so you are familiar with the Columbus Lions, and you're familiar with this rivalry, and and hopefully we'll see a lot of fans out there. I know that the Jacksonville fans will be out there as well because they sure like to travel. We saw a bunch of fans the opener. Yes, they love to travel. Uh, even even in, in pregame, if you want to, if you just go walk around the concourse, there are so many Jacksonville fans that travel and dress up, and they'll talk to you. They're very friendly. It's an experience. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, Jared, I'm looking forward to this Friday. Thank you so much for being a guest on the show, and good luck to the Columbus Lions this Friday night. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to the show. And uh, don't forget that I'll have an episode tomorrow, 
Stay tuned for next week's episode of the Lions Den. Uh, we are definitely doing the double podcast, uh, trying to grow the audience as much as we can. Thank you, Jared, so much just for being a guest on the show. And, and I'll talk to you uh, next week. I will definitely see you up in the booth this Friday night as we do our CTV Beam broadcast. It's always fun. It's always fun. I'll see you there. Thank you so much, Jared Dillard, for being a guest on the show. Hope everybody has a great rest of your day. I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye, everybody. You've been listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdry. We invite you to download and subscribe. You can find us on Anchor, Spotify, Google Cast, Stitcher, iTunes, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Thanks for listening. Feel free to share with your friends and family. This has been The Sports Beat, with your host, Richard Holdry. Produced in Columbus, Georgia. Extra production provided by J.D. Matthews. All opinions stated herein are those of the host and do not represent the opinions of Anchor Podcasts. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved.